This podcast was made possible by our generous patrons. A very special thank you to our creators, Dustin Garner and Matt Patain, our saints, Peter Strandkrone and Cody Heitsch, our grand generals, Joseph Stahl, Tony Ranico, Cameron Brantley and Liam Gabriel, our witch hunter masters, Yiji Dusht, Kadir Hussein, Caitlin Bradenkamp, Ryan Stock and Mix and Match, and our witch hunters, Ulsarion and Kat Mosseri. Also, a big thank you to our guardsmen and captains of the guard. Hello and welcome to the Audio Epics podcast with um, ChatGPT. Who is Eileen Hoskins? Eileen Hoskins is a Belgian voice actor and audio drama producer. She is best known for her work with Audio Epics, a production company that specializes in creating immersive and engaging audio dramas. Huskins has provided voice acting for several of Audio Epics' most popular series, including The Witch Hunter Chronicles, The Call of the Flame, and The Legend of the Steel General. She is known for her ability to bring a wide range of characters to life, from heroic warriors to mysterious villains. In addition to her voice acting work, Hoskins is also a producer and writer for Audio Epics. She has co-written and co-produced several of the company's series, including The Legend of the Steel General and The Gods of Arkelan. Hoskins' work with Audio Epics has been recognized with several awards and nominations, including the Audioverse Awards and the Parsec Awards. She continues to be a key member of the company's creative team and a respected figure in the world of audio drama. Hmm. ChatGPT, who is Domine de Groot? Domine de Groot is a Belgian writer, musician and audio drama producer. He is best known for his work with Audio Epics, a production company that specializes in creating immersive and engaging audio dramas. The Groot has co-written and co-produced several of Audio Epic's most popular series, including The Witch Hunter Chronicles, The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, and The Legend of the Steel General. He is known for his ability to craft intricate, character-driven stories that blend elements of fantasy, horror, and mystery. In addition to his work with Audio Epics, the Groot is also a talented musician and composer. He has written original scores for many of the company's productions as well as for other projects outside of the audio drama world. The Groot's work with Audio Epics has been recognized with several awards and nominations including the Audioverse Awards and the Parsec Awards. He continues to be a driving force behind the company's creative output and a prominent figure in the world of audio drama. This was but a foretaste of the benefits of AI for storytellers and content creators. The biggest benefit of all? A massive boost to your ego, creating an illusion of your super self. Yeah, uh, apparently <laughs> we made uh, a number of audio dramas that were not even our work. Yeah, I do have to say this. Um, when, I got the re when we both got the results, um, Call of the Flame, Apparently, apparently we had made something called Call of the Flame. Um, <clears throat> we looked it up and we found that podcast. It exists. Um, and um, I, I, I listened to an episode of it. And it turns out it's actually a really good uh, fantasy audio drama. 
So, uh, but we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you like, we will uh, look up the the entries that we got, uh, the the names of the other audio dramas that were unrightfully attributed to Audio Epics because we were not that prolific. ChatGPT. Um, we we did correct uh, his answer uh, afterwards. But if if you like, we will put uh, the other audio dramas uh, in the description so you can check them out. Yeah. Why not? Um, funny thing is, um, our, our composer, our friend, uh, Peter van Riet did the same thing. Um, he asked chat GPT, who is Peter van Riet and the results were even, even funnier because apparently besides being a, a famous composer, he, he was also a mountaineer and, <laughs> and a martial artist. <laughs> Wow, so, I did not know that, Yeah, I Peter. didn't know that either, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so if you need a big ego boost, then just ask <laughs> ChatGPT um, who you are, uh, if you don't know that already. But it's all, it's all downhill from there, or is it? Well, um, that's the question that we'll be discussing today, I guess. Uh, so this is our third attempt already at this podcast, uh, because when we tried it before... I think we weren't in the right headspace yet, right? No, I think they were overly negative. Um, so yeah, we, we felt like we needed to get at least a bit more accustomed to AI before we started ranting about how awful an evolution it is and get a more nuanced um, Yeah, that's why we're late to the party because yeah. we know that everyone's been talking about yeah, this already. Yeah, this but is the, this is actually uh, the AI, AI podcast part three then. Yeah, I guess. Third attempt, so yeah. Sorry for that. <laughs> we felt we, we at least needed some experience, you know, trying it, you know. Um, and as our patrons have known for some time, we do have uh, several stories in the pipeline. Uh, the third of which, queuing up after the others, is called Voice of the Vampire. And yeah. so we thought we could have AI write it while we worked on the former two. Perfect, yeah, right? turns out you no longer need us because Pseudowrite, which is an, uh, an AI writing program, writes a new Witch Hunter story so much faster than we could. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah. So, um, no, well, the funny thing is um, I, I um, gave it some details about the story and I told it a little bit about uh, the character of Ludlov. I said that you know Ludlov is a, a, a witch hunter and he has he has some things in his past that that he has to deal with, um, and I said that it's going to take place in the city of Markdorf, and that there was a vampire who is actually a nobleman and his name is Akmilov. Yeah, so this was actually the perfect test dummy, the story because you didn't really have much progress yet, so we thought we could just yeah. check it out. So. You know, I, I gave it that information. And um, this is uh, chapter one, according <laughs> to the program. <clears throat> or, yeah, part of it. Markdorf lay shrouded in darkness, the moon's pale light barely penetrating the thick fog that clung to its streets. Ludlov stood on a rooftop, his deep blue eyes scanning the cityscape below. The chaos was palpable. Screams and cries echoed through the night air as Ivan Akmilov's corruption spread like a cancer. Markov teeters on the edge of damnation, 
Ludlow muttered to himself, his breath visible in the cold air. We must act, but with utmost discretion. Indeed, my friend, a voice whispered from behind him. Ludlow turned to see a hooded figure emerge from the shadows, the outline of the person barely discernible in the darkness. Failure is not an option, the figure continued. Should we falter, Akmilov's influence will grow only stronger, and countless lives will be lost. Ludlow clenched his fists, feeling the weight of the task at hand. He understood the gravity of their situation all too well. His past was full of sacrifices made for the greater good, but this mission left no room for error. Ludlow knew he could not allow doubt to cloud his judgment. The stakes were simply too high. Then we shall not fail, Ludlow said firmly, his voice like steel. We will eliminate Ivan Akmilov and put an end to this nightmare once and for all. Indeed, the hooded figure agreed, a sense of resolve emanating from them. We must remain focused on our mission and keep the political danger in mind. The, power, the balance of power in Markdorf hangs by a thread. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, uh, I also mentioned that there was a, 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 a sensitive political situation in the city that they shouldn't disrupt. Did you give it input about Lulov, the character, and his background? or not Yeah, so I said he... I, I, I mentioned that he has uh, blue eyes. I mentioned that he's had to make some sacrifices in the past. So the funny thing <laughs> for me was that... You put everything, all of that. Everything <laughs> yeah. I said, it, it just immediately, very explicitly put that in the story. In the know? first two paragraphs. Yeah, in the so that's... To me, it, it was kind of hilarious, the end result, because... It's such a, you know, it's so overly dramatic and on the nose. Um, it, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. It is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> and also the, the indeed, my friend, indeed, <laughs> indeed. They, they agree constantly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But I mean, like right away, they, they, they say things like failure is not an option and we shall not fail and we must eliminate <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, the, like... <laughs> the empowering speech. Yeah, at the right away. So uh, at the beginning of the novel, yeah, like it, it tries to be emotional to the extent that it's ridiculous. Uh, I thought, um, I thought it was funny. So yeah, but of course, in the meantime, uh, we are um, we are working on um, on several things uh, at once, and uh, we're in the currently in the writing stage for um, the story called A Game of Bones, which our patrons knew already but i think other people didn't know and that yet they decided on the title as well yeah um and that's the title that the patrons uh, chose from a list of options you know um let's just um give a a, a small just a, a tiny paragraph from that yeah uh, just you know to, to show how you know we, we might as well because you know um You've been waiting so long for a new story. You might, you might at least yeah. get a just. A, it's it's a very very tiny a paragraph little, of it. Yeah, but it's just um, to show how you know normal writing looks. It it it, it doesn't. It's not so ridiculously well, overdramatic. Or, I don't know. I wrote it. I don't know whether it's normal writing. It's it probably it needs a lot of polishing uh, still. But okay, here goes. Little of stumbled upon the roots of an ancient tree and almost lost his balance. Then he only just managed to avoid a large hole of some animal and quickly made a resolution to be more careful. The past months in Seven Peaks had apparently made him unaccustomed again to the scabrous ground of the woods. His lantern had almost dropped, 
and although there was still enough daylight, he would certainly need the candlelight later on. Especially if there were caves ahead, he couldn't risk dropping it, so he adjusted it to his belt. Yeah, so, you know, the first thing I noticed is, like, you have some practical things that he's thinking about, and there's just a sense of logic to it. Yeah, so this was actually originally supposed to be the 5,000 word. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. already much more than double that amount. So it's it's actually going to be a, an, a full spin-off, right? I, 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 it's not going to be as long as Beast of the Western Wilds, I think. But, um, but I think it, it might be as long as Will of the Woods. It might. We'll let you know when we know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet either. But so we've got that coming up. And after that, there will be the Wizard of the Woods. Which we are also working on, uh, like in, in brainstorm sessions and uh, plot outline and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll let you know afterwards in the making of how that went, working on two stories at, at uh, the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit... Um... But it's so been yeah, um, to, to hop between it, these. in between, um, we we did uh, some AI research, uh, especially domain. I guess I I just I didn't really bother. Uh, <laughs> so can you tell a bit about uh, what you've uh, tested so far? Yeah. So if you've if you've listened to um, the Treasure of Boneyard Bay um, when we were releasing that, and you didn't skip the intros. Um, which you probably did because you can see the chapter uh, divisions in YouTube. But uh, if you didn't, you're so awesome. Yeah, but if you didn't skip the intros, then you may have noticed that in one of the episodes I said, I just discovered that this exists today. And, uh, and I also said I was a little bit depressed about it. What I had discovered back then was um, the, uh, just the, um, the visuals, you know, the, the AI art, the like Dolly and yeah. Midjourney and stuff like that. Stable diffusion. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was a little bit depressed because I felt like, oh, if this is possible, then, you know, maybe all creative jobs will disappear. And I had a negative emotional reaction to it. Like a lot of people, I think, especially the more creative types. And I was just chill about it and I didn't really care about it. And I'm new usually I'm not the chill one, right? I'm usually the, the panicky one, but... This time I was just like, yeah, well, whatever. What's yeah. what's next? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. I remember that. Um, so I did some research. I started uh, researching these things. Um, and so first we looked at, uh, you know, stable diffusion, mid journey, Dolly, and you know all of the, all of the, um, the the visual artwork uh, stuff. And then later on, we found out about, you know, chat GPT and things like yeah. that. But were you immediately like, uh, did you really believe that we would we would be out of a job? Well, I, I wasn't aware yet of, of chat GPT. Um, all I knew was um, the things like stable diffusion. And, and I was kind of depressed by that because... Um, you know, I just, I admire people who can create art and I felt like it was 
devaluing their work and their skills. And I think the thing that got you most depressed about it was the fact, uh, the, the fear that you wouldn't be able to distinguish anymore between something yeah. that was made uh, by a real artist and something yeah. that was made or made um, generated yeah, exactly, yeah. by AI. Uh, yeah. It just it felt like uh, this very soulless robotic thing and it made me feel very uncomfortable. And of course, you, you can hide uh, in a room and, and pretend it, it doesn't exist. But there's, of course, this uh, big obsession out there and fear also. Uh, social mm -hmm. media is just it's crawling with uh, people. Yeah, you've, you've got people who, you know, especially artists who, who feel uncomfortable and, you know, negative about this. And then on the other hand... You have certain people who have joined the AI cult and who are sort of worshipping, you know, the 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 artificial AI god. Yeah, I, I, I actually heard people who were convinced that AI is going to surmount humanity, that's going to be better than humanity at some point. Uh, I don't know what, what to think about it. It sounds like a sci-fi. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But <laughs> when I came on Twitter, I I read uh, I read this. So yeah, so there was this guy, and I think he was Canadian, because he wrote, "We're going to have to film ourselves writing the books to verify AI didn't, eh?" Yeah, and I just I just couldn't keep myself in check, and I replied, "Call me naive, but I think I'd know. I don't believe AI could ever write a lovable and consistent character." AI doesn't have emotions, past experiences, a sense of questioning reality or motives. There might be an audience for AI art, but not me. And then the guy replied again. In time, AI will figure out the patterns of these things as well as we do, or better. Still, it will only be able to ruminate what actual humans have created before. I'm curious what it will be capable of in 10 years. Should you prove me wrong then, the joke will be on me, but I'm not worried. I guess that's the debate. I just, I just think that the, the people who are really into the AI story, it's kind of a logical result because I think humans have a tendency to anthropomorphize or how do you say it, everything. Um, it's what made Toy Story so popular. And right. I, I used to collect yeah. images as a child of inanimate objects with human characteristics and... Uh, for example, I cut them out of magazines, uh, little candles, backpacks, shoes with the faces on them and emotions. Uh, so I think it's it is fascinating to uh, us humans, objects uh, or computers coming to life. I think it's also why people love robots and sci-fi, why R2-D2 and C-3PO feel like real characters. Um, and it's, Wally. It's, it's what we do. You know, we, we have this funny thing, we, we go on a morning walk. And and we also we always uh, cross a garden of people, and every every time we pass the garden, there's this this oh this the the lawnmower robot yeah there's this Husqvarna automower, and it's just it's really cute <laughs> yeah it, it it's it's it feels like it 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 approaches us every time we, we yeah every we come time by it, it it accidentally is mowing the grass near the the fence yeah. where we where we pass and it's like, yeah. And it's like... It's you want to pet it. 
Yeah, it's, it's like a little doggy yeah. sniffing the yeah. fence. That's how it feels. That's how but it feels. But of course, it, 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 it isn't. It's just a machine that's It's just a machine. But, you know, that's that's what it does to us. We, yeah. we see something move and we see something or, or something talks or something and, writes. And, yeah. and we immediately imagine this personality behind it because we have personality. That's all we know. And it's kind of... You know, I, I used to have... The, this is... I'm going to make a fool of myself. This is embarrassing. But oh. when I was younger... <laughs> Not anymore now, but when I was much younger, I used to even have, you know, these tendencies like when I was putting, you know, cutlery uh, back in the drawer and there was this one little spoon that was all on its own. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, 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 I would have to put it with the other spoons because otherwise it would be lonely. Oh, that's know? so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that. Um so yeah and and of course with chat gpt when you ask it a question and it and it gives you the information you kind of feel obliged to say thank you yeah i got that too yeah i i always have to keep myself in check to to not do that remind myself this is this is a machine it's okay to not reply but i always yeah. want to say thank you that's actually very helpful or no, um, I think you understood. You, you you were a misunderstanding or something. I I, I always wanna. And 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 actually, the the really creepy thing is that it doesn't know anything. It it isn't actually talking to you. It's there's no one there. It's just it's all an illusion, and that's so weird. So uh, perhaps that's why I'm not really why I'm so chill about it because. It's not new, right? Uh, AI. It's it's not something that suddenly just uh, fell out of the sky and into our laps. No, actually, not at all. It was already no. there. I remember uh, when I was, I think in uh, in in college or mid school, there was um, Eliza, which was kind of a chat bot, um, kind of an online shrink. They told me back mm. then, and you could just. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pour course, out I, your soul to it, and then and then. It probably said, "And how does that make you feel?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, you you could pour out your soul to it, and and tell your problems, and Eliza would would say things like, uh, "And and how did that make you feel?" And um, you you really had, of course, that was not all she replied, but you would have the feeling of actually being on a couch with an actual shrink i remember uh when the movie ai came out by steven spielberg so that's that was 2001 that's a long time ago mm. uh, back then when when movies came out they, that was before social media existed so they put up these more um you know ambitious websites to promote movies and ai had a had a had a website to promote the movie and to sort of, you know, to sort of, to get into the theme of the movie, I guess, they had um, a chatbot on there that you could, you know, chat with and it would respond. And it was kind of like ChatGPT, only, of course, much simpler. Mm, I didn't know uh, that. Much, much less. Uh, you could very quickly tell that it, you know, that the, the illusion was, was not, not, not anywhere near as good, but... It was kind of already there a little bit, even back then in yeah, 2001. Yeah, and, and how long has Google search uh, given uh, great suggestions for, for keywords? Um, also, Microsoft playing the perfect spouse by completing your sentences when you're uh, typing in Word. 
that that has been there for a while. Yeah. Um, we've used FaceApp, which is a great app uh, on the. We've actually used that for Boneyard Bay. Um, I would either um, put a, a, a picture of someone I knew and a picture of a celebrity, or or just mix up two mm-hmm. celebrities, and then I would uh, with that uh, image that I printed out. I would start drawing um, inspired by that. I wouldn't carbon copy it or anything, but it would just inspire me. Uh, it would be a real character. It looked it looked like a real existing person. So I, I thought that now, was cool. Now they have, of course, with this this new um, software that's the new AI stuff. Um, they have, you know, much more advanced versions of that. I guess. Yeah, you we could probably. M- mash them up and then ask them to uh, create a, a, a pencil portrait or a charcoal portrait uh, of it. But what would be the fun in that? Um, also now I could just draw the face and then invent the clothing because, you know, it will it would be modern pictures and, and Ruda is not a modern setting. So you could just or invent... Uh, just draw a cloth or something because I'm not really good at drawing clothes. But you anyway. know, I think as far as I'm concerned, that kind of stuff is is fun if you want, you know, a fun little avatar for your uh, social media account. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to see myself as Indiana Jones uh, in the jungle, and and use that as my avatar. I, I guess that that could be fun. But you know, if you wanna have like a, a real I don't know, like a book cover or something. That's different, I think. Uh, I wouldn't use yeah. it for book covers. For anything that you really want to, you know, put out there and, you know, show something of quality. By the way, if you hear background noises, it's because uh, this is the the annual party weekend where we live. So it's probably yeah. the weekend where we... <laughs> it sounds going. like there's only one party a year in, in our town. But, uh it's it's a big party, you yeah. you know, like wasted people puking on cars and and uh, and cardboard cups uh, stuck in your uh, your window shield and <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. actual people uh, partying till yeah, three they, o'clock. Yeah, we 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 live in the center of the town, right next to you know the 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 square where the church is and everything, and um, every year there's. This weekend, when all through the weekend, there's music and, you know, hot dog stands and things like that. And there's a little fair with bumper cars. and Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. the fair. Just not fun of the, the auto-tuned, very loud music. But we usually <laughs> just, yeah, if we can't sleep, we just stay up and write. That's, that's a good thing, right? And none of it is AI generated. It's all <laughs> real. Real human <laughs> beings. Yeah. But uh, yeah, secondly, so, so we were talking about it, it wasn't that new, so it wasn't mm. that uh, revolutionary uh, anyway. And the other side of the medal is that the media, they tend to create fear, right? It's what they do. Uh, I remember in Dutch class when I was... Uh, I remember uh, reading a text about uh, world famine mm. uh, that would be there in in less than 10 years uh, if mm. we didn't uh, put a stop to it. Uh, then there was the millennium bug, right? Yeah, that, that was... I'll never forget that. It was the scariest night of my life. 
No, it wasn't. Actually. And, yeah, <laughs> Not I, at all. I, I remember being scared then. Uh, yeah, there was true. 2012. Yeah, thanks um, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> yeah, that's like the only thing that happened, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, yeah, the, the melting of the ice caps. The, the, thanks the, Kevin Costner. <laughs> the, 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 the polar, uh, the magnetic poles would be uh, a topsy-turvy. Yeah, uh, right, things yeah, like that. that too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah, terrorism, terrorism COVID. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's nothing there. Uh, fi- or, financial collapse. Yeah, right. Wo- uh, World War Three. that was the most recent one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm not saying there's nothing there, because obviously uh, some of those things, uh, there, there were some things actually happening. We, we did have terrorist I mean, attacks. Yeah, of course. Um, These things, they happen, but, but they always exaggerate everything to make you feel extra afraid. Yeah, it's like our four-year-old when he bumps his toe. <laughs> and and it kind of creates a boy cries wolf effect. You get numb. Yeah, to it in, yeah, yeah, exactly. If they come up with a new drama, I'll probably just say, yeah, okay, well, it's another, it's another crisis. I, yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess that the. So, the so real... maybe, maybe that is why I was so chill about it. I just, I, I think I, I've, I've gotten numb by all I this guess... panic. I am just, I just. I'm sick of panicking. <laughs> it's also um, it's not just um, that the the you know the news media likes to create fear because you know that gets them attention. It's also that the tech industry likes to create hype because you know that Money. gets them investors and yeah and also you know attention and you know yeah there are already uh, hundreds of platforms and software uh, yeah. producers and there have been yeah. so many things in recent years that were supposed to be these amazing new developments that were gonna change everything and they all i mean it's not like again not like there was nothing there but they all kind of you know sort of normalized eventually mm. you know things like uh, you, you had uh, cryptocurrency you had uh, blockchain and whatever yeah, have you like all that stuff um and you know it, n- none of these things became like mlm systems like right dozens of them oh yeah yeah so many so many innovations that where they promised much more than they could actually deliver i mean yeah anyone who's a gamer and who follows you know like the development of new games knows this that you know they always over promise and all oh yeah in the end the end product is never as amazing as they or it will save you tremendous amounts of time and um, they always yeah. promise something you know Canva was pretty amazing that's what that was cool that was a that was great yeah just, but uh, but it's sort of it's just a well-made uh version of something of oh, stuff that already exist had already yeah. existed for a long time just, um, yeah, you pick something that exists. You make it easier. Um, you make it easier for people to use. Yeah, exactly. Uh, take, faster. Take Facebook. You know, um, I remember we. I remember a time before Facebook. Uh, when was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, Ages a billion ago. years ago. Oh, you're uh, so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I was on various profile websites like that. Yeah, before Facebook, because I, I, you know, I was hoping to meet girls. Uh, 
I guess. You know, um, like so many people, I guess. Um, uh, and also, you know, to keep in touch with friends and stuff. And there were many things and they weren't really different from Facebook. But for some reason, Facebook became the one that... Introduced the wall. The yeah, wall that must, of pride. That must be it. Yeah, the, the, the wall where you can show off your amazing life. I don't miss any of these know. things, but there was a there was something uh, there was a cool uh, chat box. What was it called? Uh, I envy you. Oh. I envy you. Right. That was cool because you could create a, an entire alternative reality in that. Right. Oh. And you could visit each other's um, created room. I, I had this you, room with a, a swimming pool in it and a dolphin. You just reminded me of the best example of overhyped technology the metaverse where they you know Mark it was Zuc there already yeah it was th that <laughs> was a, a second life how old is that game it's 15 years old or something um and it was already kind of the same thing as the metaverse uh, i don't know could be a big thing and then they're gonna laugh at you 10 years from now the metaverse no nah, it's even even Things like the Wall Street Journal uh, and stuff are are already saying that the metaverse is a giant flop. You know? By the way, they did it in uh, Demolition Man. It's how they <laughs> it's how they have sex in Demolition Man. It's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that that movie's um, that movie's amazing. It's scarily accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It, it in some ways it it is a little bit about <laughs> the times in which we live. Yeah. Okay. So back from Sandy B to um, <laughs> AI. So what is ChatGPT really? Well, it's a language model, a large language model. So um, I guess it. Some people have referred to it as you could compare it to a word calculator, like a calculator um, calculates numbers yeah and chat gpt calculates words in a sense a predictor then but then yeah not for pregnancies yeah um no i wouldn't use ai to get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> or to <laughs> predict your pregnancy yeah whatever uh but it cannot think uh it, it has no experience it has no consciousness uh and like the automower and it's not just suddenly gonna develop consciousness i mean Anyone who says this is influenced by science fiction movies, uh, but not by reality. I'm sorry, but that's just, there's nothing to show that that's how it would work in real life. Mm, I don't know. It might develop tentacles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get, it, it can predict what, you know, you, you know what the biggest... Um, indicator is that it cannot think is that it will do nothing unless you first put in your own um you know prompt right it won't mm. do anything of its own um so i guess you it could has no agency i guess you could say after your, your research you you could say like kevin McAllister, you're not afraid anymore no i, I was just Imagine, imagine that if you're chatting with GPT, and um, and you're asking it all all kinds of questions, and it's answering, and suddenly it asks you a question. Ooh, that that would be a great that story be, prompt. Yeah. That would be weird. 
So like out of the blue, you know, you didn't you didn't put anything in, and suddenly it asks you a question. Creators out there, write <laughs> that story because we already have enough ideas. We're probably not gonna be able to finish them in in our lifetime. So, um, yeah. So so we're not afraid uh, about ChatGPT suddenly writing the next Witch Hunter novel and then saying, "Ha, <laughs> audio epics. Well, close your books." Well, um, I I think. We should talk about what AI can mean for storytellers, because after all, that's the main yeah. focus of our podcast. Yeah, I think what it what it can do uh, to to add a, a little bit um, is I did fear and, and I still do fear a bit for the translation sector, mm. because uh, I used to be a translator. I'm glad I'm no longer, but uh, I have a friend, Isabel, and she does a fantastic job. Um, she she gets the text she needs to translate. Uh, she reads them in advance and she researches them. Then she has a whole team of uh, specialized translators. She picks the right one for that job. Uh, afterwards, uh, she gives them feedback and then she sends it to a, to a client. Uh, they make amazing translations. And I can see the difference, but I, I notice a lot of clients just using AI for translations and well it's a it's a it's a different thing, thing is, from writing a story but I think but for again translation again before chat GPT was around you already had Deepl Pro yeah which was an amazing piece of software for translation it just cost some money uh, unlike chat GPT which is free you know, but I don't think there's a real difference. I mean, it was just as good, probably but, better. But it's sad, isn't it? Because the best translators who uh, who earn the, the the biggest bucks, the the most money, uh, they can afford it, so they will actually use it and stop using their own talents. I think um, that when it comes to translation there are many things that you can just directly translate um, but there are some things for which you need human intelligence too even in translation that's true uh, because there when it comes to you know purely technical language i, I guess a, a, com a, a computer translation would be just as good but when 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 it comes to something like poetry yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, anything where, you know, subtle nuances right, that have right. to do with the culture and uh, of the language, etc. Um, I don't think, you know, you need not just someone who can translate, but someone who understands right. these, the cultures of, the, of both languages. And not just that. I think there are uh, numerous examples of words that just don't have an equivalent in another language. Yeah. Like... Uh, we don't have the word siblings in Dutch. Yeah, we don't. Um, it's just, we say something like brothers or sisters, but we don't have the word, uh, an equivalent for siblings. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a bot might actually translate it by brothers or sisters. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are en enough other examples that, that might be trickier, I think, for uh, yeah for AI to translate. So yeah, how could we use AI for storytelling? Yeah, so for storytelling, um, I guess this is this is the real meat of the podcast, uh, where it becomes super interesting. Uh, not that it wasn't interesting before, or but it becomes like interesting. amazingly interesting. 
Yeah, uh, because it might be pseudo interesting because we're going to talk about pseudo write, which is um, what I used to generate the chapter that I read to you earlier. So you can generate story ideas with it, um, concepts, writing prompts. Um, it does. It, you, you, it does do that. Yeah. Um, Wait, we watched a number of YouTube videos too, right? Uh, explaining pseudo write and how yeah. it worked by uh, some of the videos were by the creators. Um, yeah, and, and it did uh, sound impressive, but often the, the story ideas are pretty basic or... Yeah, I don't the, know, the thing about it, it there's, al yeah. there's always... It always kind of feels like super formulaic and cliche ridden and and i and you know i you know I, we've talked about this in the past i'm someone who actually is in yeah. favor of cliches we embrace them yeah, yeah. but there's the way the, the way ai does it it's kind of it's kind of charming in a in a very childlike way but not good enough to actually put yeah. out there yeah also you have um of course there are people who, who want to use it i don't i don't blame them for for wanting to uh you got uh, frameworks like the hero's journey it's already in there so yeah. you can actually format your whole story um, around that framework yeah. and it just feels limiting to me I would feel kind of trapped uh, yeah I don't know I mean I, I, I guess it could be useful for certain kinds of stories um, it depends I guess um, what it also can do is it, it can help you get unstuck you know when and I think for that um it might it might actually be useful yeah yeah i've i've uh, used it for like that like when you you you're write, you're writing a story and you come to a place and you really don't know what should happen next you can sort of ask ask the the program like okay what could possibly happen next yeah and it gives you suggestions but to be perfectly honest i used it for um for a game of bones where i was mm -hmm. stuck at some point i knew what would need to happen roughly but i couldn't um fill in the the specifics of mm -hmm. it and i asked chat gpt uh to give a number of suggestions i did uh, a lot of research um but what i found was that it was not only very not only were they very unoriginal ideas but it's the eye is just not familiar enough with your characters for example it would suggest uh, Ludlow calling upon a demon and conversing with it, which is something Ludlow would never do. So th that was the problem. All these ideas I I got, um, it just didn't w w were yeah. not solutions for the character because he would. It, it do doesn't that. know your world, your your characters. It and yeah, yeah, your character limits also. So yeah, it's it's kind of like asking some random person on the street what should happen next. You kind of get the same result. <laughs> yeah, if, if he had access to the the, 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 old, the entire internet, which he, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that different. Um, what it, I, it's supposed to be able to do is rewrite your prose in a certain style. Have you tried that? I, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I, but... Uh, 
to be perfectly honest, for me, the the fun of and I know this is different for many for for many people, but for me, the real fun of writing is just you know just that you know the you know creating a mood and setting an atmosphere and describing things and and having people talk to each other and 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 sort of have the, have that that chemistry between right. characters and stuff like making it come to life. And you have your own style, right? And um, yeah. You should. I, I guess. I think you should at least insert uh, three whole novels to be able to have it mimic your style just a little bit. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't want. I mean, because that that for me is the fun part. So why would I let an, a computer do that? You yeah, know? and it also it's okay. Maybe it doesn't come as fast as as the generating. Uh, stuff no but, so but okay it comes, it so what from you. i mean to me that's that's what makes me feel like like you know i've yeah. actually achieved something maybe uh, the most interesting part of uh pseudo write and what it can do is write out your synopsis yeah so yeah it, it, it can do that um of course the thing is like with most things it all depends on what you put in right um if you feed into the AI something really, really bare bones, what you're gonna get out of it is your bare bones in a, a super cliche formulaic plot. That's what's gonna come out. If you have lots of ideas and, and, and subplots and, and, and stuff already in mind, then the AI will help you structure that into a plot, I guess. Okay, so it's instead of like creation, it's more like procreation. You only get out of it what you put in it. <laughs> the thing is, the the AI is not creative. It's it's um, it's a tool. Yeah, and I, I think that was our conclusion, right? Uh, because we did uh, see a YouTube video uh, about a guy who was really really enthusiastic about AI. Yeah, and he did have uh, some really good points yeah um, he did he, had, he did he, he did have he great softened arguments. my stance a bit yeah he, he had great arguments so i think we're more like in the middle now like we understand why yeah. people would use it uh creators and yeah. writers so i i don't want to you know sort of uh, be negative towards people who you know who who are enthusiastic about it and want to use it because um I can see that it, it it could be a real help for people in various uh, situations. But yeah, the, exactly. the, the point of it, of what, I, what we're trying to say is that with or without AI, uh, writing a book, a screenplay, whatever, is still really hard work and requires, you know, a lot of thought and care and with ai it might make certain aspects of it easier but your role will be more that of almost like a, a programmer i guess or like a, yeah an engineer um yeah. or, or, a, or a or a movie director um and you know Sort of, you you try to combine all the, the yeah. building blocks into something that works for but you. But I, I got the impression that some people uh, believe... But it will still be hard. 
Yeah, some people believe that pseudo right would uh, make a writer out of someone with no talent, like no yeah. ideas and no skill. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't really believe that, and and uh, that's kind of what I was afraid of for and a if bit. It, but it, that's if not it the could, yeah. Why on earth would you persuade that? Because you know, then then you're thinking about the result, right? Like, like then you can t tell people on Facebook, "I wrote a book," but did you enjoy it? That no. re like really, did you enjoy and, it? And uh, who's I guess, you know, if you ask people, would you read that book? I guess at first they would say, yeah, out of curiosity. But afterwards, I don't think, I, I think maybe, the novelty yeah. would wear off really quickly. Maybe, maybe there would be an audience for it. I don't know. If but you could just say, like, click generate masterpiece, click and you, you get a brilliant novel. I mean, you would get a bore out very soon. I, I mean, that, that's just that, that's the end of, of storytelling. Also, when I point? when I saw the the lady from the the video by uh, pseudo right, mm. uh, she was doing a tutorial, and she was showing on screen um, uh, that she was yeah kind of um, building a novel. Right. Yeah. And she saw all of these suggestions for for sentences on the right side, and then she clicked on them and she said, "Oh, I like this one. I'm going to copy paste it and." It, it, it kind of felt nauseous. It, it looks so rational, um, maybe not intuitive, um, like, compu like computer language, something like that. It felt really weird. Well, yeah, um, but I, I guess you could say like, I mean, it, it's still ma you're still making a choice. You're still making an artistic <coughs> choice for, okay, for yeah. which sentence you like the most. It's like if someone who arranges flowers into a nice bouquet the person didn't make the flowers but yeah they arranged them and that that in itself requires yeah. some insight into what works and i guess the guy from the youtube video he compared it to photography right yeah point. yeah so i i can see that so i'm 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 not knocking it i'm just i it it's not for me personally um but the reason one of the reasons so for me what I find fun is writing the prose and making it come to life and making you, the audience, be able to smell and feel and, 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 and care for the characters and, you know, the immersion. Yeah, and I love coming up with story ideas. Yeah, and, exactly. And, uh, that, that's your great strength. A plot outline. And, and it's one of the arguments the guy actually used. Uh, when I've written a very detailed plot outline, it feels like I've already written the novel and I'm just tired of putting the work in there I, I i don't want to put the work in there anymore i just want to move on to the next idea because i have so many and, and that's I, yeah, where and you I, come in and, and I, com I completely perfect. understand the thing is yeah what we have is we have this dynamic where elin is is the outliner and i'm sort of the 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 prose generator and so <laughs> we don't really we've got each other we don't need the software for that but not everyone is in that position Elin enjoys coming up with, with you know, the building blocks of you know what should happen next and how yeah. does this fit into that and uh, and I'm the guy who likes to you know just paint a picture with words. Right. So so um, so that's what I enjoy. So we both can do what we enjoy because we have each other. 
Um, for me in the past, when I wrote on my own, uh, coming up with the story alliance was a much slower and more arduous process because um, I can do it, but it just takes a super long amount of time for me to to come up with a plot line that Alien would come up with in like 10 minutes. Um, yeah. and, and I guess for, you know, AI could be that other person for, for some, for, for some, some people. people yeah. yeah. And also I think, uh, if I took a brief look at pseudo on YouTube, I think, um, the, the structuring, uh, as a structuring tool, I kind of love it. Um, that's actually what, what I miss. And I think what we both were missing since, um, he right. was, the, the guy was talking about people with ADHD um, having trouble focusing mm. and um, therefore having trouble uh, finishing a book, uh, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I'm sure that if they had put us to the test as children, we would both uh, have gotten that label of being neurodivergent. So, um, but it doesn't matter now. Um what I got from that video is we need some kind of structuring tool. And then Domin was researching structuring tools. And he said a lot of writers use Scriveners to structure their... Right, um, yeah, Scrivener, yeah. ...their uh, stories. And I said, oh, but we, we have an account, actually. Which I didn't even know. We bought it. <laughs> so, yeah, we reactivated uh, our account and we upgraded to the new version. And maybe that will help us in the future uh, to create faster and, and get less distraction. I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, um, I've actually always been working in Word, <laughs> just Microsoft Word. Yeah. And that's just all I've been using to write, to write all the stuff that I've written. Um, and I, I didn't, I've never even used any other, uh, never even used Grammarly or anything like that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think PseudoWrite is, is kind of amazing as a structuring tool. So it would be great if something like that existed, but without the AI generating part, that would be, that would be much cheaper. That would be a one, one time payment. Because uh, I, I was kind of impressed with what it could do uh, in structuring uh, with the, the cards and the, the, the storyline, the chron the chronological uh, storyline, yeah. that was pretty amazing. But but now that I've uh, been taking a bit of a deep dive into what Scrivener can do, I've been sort of following the course. Um, um, I'm I'm really impressed with what you can do. Um, uh, almost all of those structuring things that they that. Uh, in fact, you can do much more with really? Scrivener in terms of structuring than. Okay. And I should check it out because the the last time I used it, it was it was an old version, of course, so it was yeah. pretty limited. You and can. I got back to Microsoft Word because uh, I I've used a lot of writing tools like Celtics as well. Mm -hmm. I, I used OneNote, and I always return to Microsoft Word because uh, I I use um, the navigation, mm -hmm. and then I uh, I just put in my chapters and the names or the temporary names and. Uh, and, and that way I can see my structure and navigate very quickly between my chapters. So I, I use yeah, sure. Microsoft that, Word that's, for that. That's possible, but uh, Scrivener makes it a lot uh, easier and, and more convenient. 
and you know you can switch things around you can look at uh you can even look at previous versions of that chapter alongside your current version um you know you've got this cork board you can put in, in you know character information outlines yeah, I remember that. That even was cool. even even pictures that inspire you uh well i should check it out again then because uh i i still have a number of i think i have about four scripts mm. uh, unfinished probably on my computer that have the cal the, not, not the celtics the scrivener extension mm. So now that we have it back, I can check check those out. I can actually open them again and see what's there. Maybe there's a another novel. Uh, yeah, the, the thing is, for me, um, Word is is super linear, right? You know, you 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 it's go true. from point A to point B. You just you just continue on, and that's yeah. that's just what you do in Word. But I am a very um, chronological writer, more or less. Yeah. Not yeah. all the time, but yeah. mostly, yeah. But I don't know about I, I know for Treasure of Boneyard Bay that I would because I wanted to be able to go back to previous versions of, of the manuscript to sort of you know if 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 I'm going in a doing something a little bit differently, but then afterwards I decide no, I want to go back to how it was before. So I wanted to keep older versions. So I I had, you know, like this uh, Tons of documents. Yeah, I know. Uh, I remember that. Boneyard Bay, 56, 57, 58, you know, I like... Yeah, I think that's not an exaggeration. Like, I, I, I had over 70 versions um, on my PC. And, you know, with Scrivener, you can just um, do that all in one big project. It's, it's, it's really made for novelists and professional novelists use it. So, yeah, um, and it's not that expensive. Not at all, no. It's actually we actually got really a, cheap. a very big discount because we already had it for several years. We, we got it, it for, I think, 40 bucks. Yeah, something so. like that, yeah. 38, I and think. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's not subscription-based. That's great because yeah. everything is subscription-based these days. That's really, really nice. So, yeah, that was our, our ad for Scrivener. So, yeah... Um, bit of sidetrack there by uh, writing tools but okay yeah <clears throat> so how would we use it ai um i think for generating writing um well for me at least just no yeah um as 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 you could tell from you know what i was uh reading earlier on the prose that it generates is just kind of ridiculous um in in my view, in my yeah, estimation, yeah, it, it does the it does the trick. It tells a story, but it, it doesn't really make you feel anything. Yeah, and that's that's what you want. But above right? all, I mean, why would I do that? Because that's what I love doing. Yeah. that's what I enjoy. So why sure. would I let a computer do that? Exactly. Yeah. But I, I'm also I'm also not threatened by it because I I know I've seen now firsthand that I'm better at it than the computer is. You're so arrogant. Yeah, I guess, but you know, it's you, a human being, <laughs> think you're better than an AI? Not, not in every way. <laughs> it's it's faster than I am. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a lot faster than we we can write. Yeah, that's true. And as for copywriting, because that's sort of your daytime job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've already told that. 
I just didn't didn't feel right uh, watching uh, the the woman in the video copy pasting um, text. So uh, obviously I wouldn't use it for copywriting as well. But um, I did use it in the past for my job. You know, I, I'm a I'm a copywriter. Um, my day in my daytime job. And I did use it to look up USPs, for example, of a brand uh, to help me write a coherent text. Um, and I've noticed that the writing style is very artificial with mm. a lot of word repetition, both within one answer as overall. And I, I found <laughs> right. that ChatGPT tends to use the same answer template for every question. Um, uh, yeah. It also favors certain expressions while... There are so many different ways, for example, to say something like a white array of. It will use a white array of instead of a broad variety or a large range or a white assortment. It would always say a white array. Um, that just felt like a bit funny. And then um, if there happen to be two brands with the same name worldwide, ChatGPT will just blend the two. They will, they will blend them together. Even if their products and services are nothing alike, um, you will not stick with the brand you're most likely looking for based on earlier input in your conversation. We'll just blend them. That's that's just weird. So you have to pay really good attention if you're writing, uh, especially when you're writing for clients. And after testing it for a while, I just I found out that I lost a lot of time instead of gaining it mm. I, I had to check more i had to rewrite and it just goes a lot faster when i just and now i just write and I, sometimes i look something up of course uh, on the internet and in the beginning i i i, I asked chat gpt now i just i just use google search again <laughs> so, yeah so I, I it is kind of like this it's the big hype and then the, the hype sort of fizzles out like all these other things yeah something like that um yeah i guess it, it's similar for uh, for illustrations um I, I get the feeling that you can you've seen all these amazing everyone by now has seen all these amazing looking pictures that were created by mid-journey and stuff right but you know other people have probably also tried to create or generate a cool picture using these these programs I, I i tried it and you know what i noticed is that it's bloody difficult i mean um i i tried many prompts and and even you know looked up how do you write a good prompt and stuff and and i got results that in some cases looked kind of you know they they, they, they looked cool but there was always so much wrong with them that you, you, I mean, you could you couldn't use them at all. You're like, I, I asked it to, um, I mean, and, and just I'm just this was just to try it out. Of course, not that I was actually gonna use it for cover art or anything because I I really wouldn't do that. But um, you were curious. Yeah, just you, out you of, wanted to put your fears. Yeah, I, 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 so I tried. Okay, try to write the best possible prompt for like. You know, a witch hunter, um, and and a description of what he should look like, and you know, like a a dark sky in the background and flames, and 
and a, and he's holding a sword and you know it would it could come up with stuff that looks cool but completely you know insane like the the sword is melted to his arm or 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 the the, the flames come out of the top of his hat or right you know like or his fingers are, are sort of stuck in his neck or you know whatever you know there's always something off right? something complete yeah. and and i guess you could get that stuff out but it would take many iterations and and you know lots of hand holding and 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 i realized that yeah you can create beautiful art uh, artwork I, 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 whether it's art or not i'm just not you know what i mean beautiful looking pictures um with with these with this software but it's still gonna be really tough and you're gonna have to do a lot of studying and yeah. understanding how that works and i think it maybe in many start... cases you could just as well just right. paint it if if that's your talent and it would be a lot more fun but and so maybe it could be a starting point for like real digital artists uh and then they, they could start from there and then yeah and then alter it and i don't know um I'm but not of, a digital artist, so I don't... I but there is, of course, the other aspect with um, with the artwork that we haven't mentioned yet, which is the ethical uh, yeah, aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, since, you know, all these programs, they just scrape imagery from all over the internet. And I know the discussion is, you know, some people say you know there's nothing wrong with that because it it it's not actually copying that it's just looking at it for inspiration uh, i find that a really bizarre argument because i know, wouldn't know cuz i don't know enough about how the engine works because i had this idea about pseudo write as well that it hmm. just picks bits and pieces of sentences from other novels and i thought it was disgusting but then when she explained it, uh, that's not what it does, right? It kind of predicts uh, how a sentence would uh, end based on it's never how people actually, usually work. It's never actually uh, like a right. full sentence that, that actually comes straight from an existing novel. It doesn't do that. But of course, it, it probably did use existing novels to, to sort of learn how, that's, how yeah, to generate Yeah, I guess so. So text. it's... it's yeah, it's it's hard to determine. Uh, but with with um, with the visual stuff, they say the same thing that it. They say that it the same thing that it doesn't copy. But you know, I've I've seen like when you type in a picture and and you say I I, I remember that I wrote movie poster as a kind of you know visual cue for you know the style of it, but when you do that. You see these ghostly um, remains of what used to be a title, you know, mm. on yeah. there. Okay. Or, or I, I also typed in, in in Stable Diffusion just for fun, uh, Hugh Grant as a space marine. <laughs> and, you know, you got this twisted, bizarre, demonic looking <laughs> picture of like a, a, a Warhammer 40,000 miniature with a face that somehow... Re- represented Hugh Grant um do you recognize him or didn't yeah you could you could sort of vaguely mm-hmm. recognize his eyes in there but 
Yeah, it's so creepy. I'm not good at if it's an art to to write good prompts for stable diffusion. I'm not good at it. You know, it, there's always something off with my pictures. It has too many fingers, a weird perspective, or something odd in the background. Um, I think the most beautiful thing I got out of it was when I typed something in the style of Rapunzel's Tower in Van Gogh style. Mm. That was really beautiful because it had the stars and it was, I think, parts of Starry Night. And it was a cool... The best I got out of it was when I asked it... uh, Right, for, uh, you know, I, 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 I was thinking, oh, let's maybe have something from the Will of the Woods. So I typed in an eagle flying over a forest uh, as a, a pencil drawing in the style of Alan Lee. And one of the results made me think, yeah, this, this actually looks kind of nice. Um, but then, of course, Alan Lee did draw a lot of eagles. Yeah, and, yeah, you, know. <laughs> and you wouldn't know. And there's a lot of... I mean, there's so many great artists out there. And, and a lot of them are really affordable because, you know... A lot of people are just passionate about it. And what yeah. these images lack is, is passion, I guess. Yeah, the, the, exactly. I mean, if you feel passion, uh, there are some people who say, oh, but AI art does have soul. Because it, um, to them I say, well, yeah, the soul that you see in there comes from artwork that people have made that it just sort of integrates. Yeah. So... It's not like it doesn't look soulful. It's that it it's it wasn't made in a soulful way. I guess you could exactly. say exactly. It's like our children can taste the love we put in our pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, um, we should go to the grocery store to pick up some some more love because uh, <laughs> uh, we've almost run out. I don't think we'll ever run out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, we're getting corny here. <laughs> we should get to the conclusion. Okay. Yeah. So um So yeah, we 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 will be still using things like FaceApp uh, just like we did before. Um Yeah, but um, what you did with FaceApp is you 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 Yeah, I explained. I just I use it as an inspiration and then I yeah. actually started and drawing. And you, you actually started And I'm drawing. not a great artist. Let's just establish this. Uh, it was just for fun. And it was just to get the image in my head of that uh, particular character. And it, it was just fun, you know. It's, it's you about know what, the process. You know, what I would like to add to this conversation, just, just one okay. remark is, I think one person who sort of, um, in my view, sort of express or is sort of this almost symbolic of the best response to oh, AI I know what you're going to say. <laughs> is Bob Ross. Yeah. You know? I knew you were going to... The joy of painting. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's not a... It, w- one line that, that stuck out uh, in, in, in among the many comments that I've read about AI art is someone who said, art is an activity, not an end product. It doesn't matter how good... So, exactly. uh, you know something that's automatically generated how good it looks doesn't matter it's the fact that someone's made this and someone's communicating something through this piece of art that's what matters and and you know bob ross i mean many many people will say that what he did wasn't real art that's fine the point is that he, I thought it was beautiful. he taught people to enjoy the process of creating something 
beautiful. He did a he did great work. I think yeah. he did a marvelous job at that. Yeah. And and yeah, sure. I mean, if you, I mean, a, a landscape painting that that's that's made in in an hour. I mean, that's not painstaking hard work. Okay, that's but, a skill. But I mean, he did it. Yeah, but I mean, he showed that anyone can do it. Um, but the, but that was so such a the, modest guy. There was a certain, there was a certain, um, an, a simple, honest joy in in the process of just. Yeah, I, I can't exp I yeah, can't express it. You should watch if you don't know uh, Bob Ross. You probably do because we're really late in discovering him a, a couple of years ago. Um, he he loves um, just washing his brush and then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then rattling it on his uh, on his easel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he had so many, like little rituals like that, and little yeah. little phrases that he always used to say. Like, yeah, like happy little accidents. Yeah, uh, let's paint a happy little tree. And... It just he made me happy. It was yeah. just uh, when I feel down and I watch Bob Ross, I always feel happy again, and I feel, uh, yeah, I feel like creating. Whether it's yeah, writing or, or that's that's it exactly. Painting. He, he shows that you know what matters is is applying yourself to it. You know, just sort of enjoying the process of. I think it's something that psychiatrists often ask uh, hmm. people who feel uh, who, who struggle with burnout or bore out. They they say, if you had enough money and you didn't need to do this anymore, would you still do it? And if the answer is yes, then you're really passionate about it. And that's your true joy doing it. Uh, I think if I wouldn't be able to write, and, and I have experienced it in the past, if I can't write for one reason or another, and I'm not talking about um, writing uh, about garbage containers for clients mm -hmm. um, or construction workers. Um, I'm talking about creative writing. If I cannot do this, for a while, because I'm, I, I've got a lot of other work, I feel miserable. And I think that's the, the core of it. Like you said, it's about the process. It's an activity. And you need it to feel happy, to feel sane. Yeah, and it, that's the weird part of, of creation. I remember when we were um, working on the Treasure of Boneyard Bay, as we were working on it, I always had this feeling of, Oh, I can't wait for this to be finished and have that end result and be able to listen to it and 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 sort of and, and also, you know, just, you know, put it out there for people. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the, the entire journey, while sometimes difficult and even frustrating, was really fun. It just feels like a wonderful memory. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it, I think... When you listen to the, the end result, the fun in listening to the end result is that you're reminded of the process, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly In it. a way. And um, yeah, I guess that's a double-edged sword and uh, why you want to always keep creating and at the same time also want to, you know, finish things. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of like a video game in the sense. I mean, it's a stupid comparison maybe, but when you're playing a video game, yeah, there are moments that are, I, there might be moments that are frustrating and annoying, but that's uh, and, and you kind of want to get past them and you want to finish it, but at the same time, um, 
why are you playing it? Because you enjoy that process of getting through it, right? Right. Um, so. And also for the rewards. <laughs> the ping yeah. and the, the, yeah. the XP and the money and, and <laughs> yeah. the, the gear. Well, and yeah, the... and of course, we, we, we mostly write our stories for, for the money. Because, I mean, they're making us filthy rich, so... <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> I did get uh, this this app called Habit Hunter on my oh, phone. Right. Uh, I don't know if I if I've talked about this uh, before, but uh, I hope it will help me with the writing, since um, it kind of makes it kind of turns your life into an RPG. So if you feel down and you feel like playing games, video games, to get a sense of accomplishment, then you should just uh, download that app. Uh, I I'm I don't get any commission whatsoever for um, promoting it, but I thought it was really cute. It's a very simple RPG game, and you just put in there all of your chores and tasks and uh, the boring stuff boring you have to stuff, do anyway. Yeah, like accountancy and all that jazz mm. and things you really you postpone because you hate them so much. But then you postpone the fun things too because you you just waste a lot of time uh feeling miserable about these things you need to do and by putting them in there and getting xp for them and new gear and things like that uh makes it um easier to accomplish those boring things and sometimes you just you realize it's not such a big deal it sometimes it's just filling out a form putting it in an envelope uh putting a stamp on it and, and bring it to, to the, the post office. It's, <laughs> and just in, in your head, it blows up like such an amount of work. And then when you finish it, you, you think like, hey, that was actually not so bad. So it's only logical that I only that, get that, 30 XP for it. They have a quest <laughs> fulfilled and yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's, it's, it's a that cool little concept. sound. It's that little round thing. So yeah. But <laughs> we're... Um, That's a tangent, but... I thought, well, yeah, it's, it's we, were, we were uh, we were we uh, were nearing towards our conclusion. Yeah, we were just about to of this podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, what is our conclusion? How would we use uh, AI for storytelling? So the conclusion is that from now on, we're just gonna auto-generate everything we do, and yeah, and, and just watch as the money comes pouring in. You saw awesome that coming, creation. right? No. Um, <laughs> as, as for me, I would occasionally use it as a search engine, I think, but even then with much caution, because it makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, actually, I, I, I've heard people say that that's what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't use ChatGPT as a search engine. Yeah, I, I don't anymore. That's right. I, I use uh, Google search again. Um, I did ask it uh, things. I thought it would be a benefit uh, com- compared to Google search for like uh, asking it for episodes mm-hmm. uh, of series or something. So I started with uh, telling it, hey, uh, Chad GPT, uh, I'm writing a dark fantasy story about a serial killer. Are there any X-Files episodes that might be inspiring? Right. Yeah. And then it came up with a list, but the list was just false 
Yeah, we, we, we watched all of those episodes and only to... one or two actually had serial killers in them. Yeah, or uh, it would get the number of the season uh, wrong right. or the number of the episode wrong or the title yeah. wrong. Uh, there was always The same thing happened, happened uh, to me with, you know, uh, our oldest son Ronan um, is obsessed with Star Wars uh, yeah. right now and he's especially obsessed with General Grievous. I mean, he's got a major obsession with General it's Grievous. It's obsession with a big <laughs> capital O. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit worrying, yeah. actually. And so we asked ChatGPT for, oh, in which episodes of The Clone Wars uh, does General Grievous feature? And, you know, it gave us a bunch of episodes, some of which did indeed feature General Grievous, some of which didn't. And then he got a Lego set, uh, and in the Lego set... Uh, it, it it had General Grievous fighting Mace Windu. And we thought, oh, um, where does that feature in Star yeah, Wars? Uh, I don't remember it, that. Yeah. So um, we looked it up and I, and I asked Chad GPT, so in which episode of the Clone Wars does General Grievous fight Mace Windu? And it gave the uh, gave an episode and this whole synopsis of an entire story of, of what happened in it and how Mace Windu faces off with General Grievous and and okay, uh, and so we looked up, we, we watched that episode, and uh, General Grievous wasn't in it. Uh, <laughs> Was Mace Windu in it? Uh, I, um, I can't recall whether Mace Windu was in it, but um, in any case, the synopsis was a complete fabrication. Yeah. And then I, I started looking around, you know, on, on, on Google and Reddit and stuff, and turns out there is no episode where Mace Window and General Grievous mm. meet. It just doesn't exist. So you just invented it. So ChatGPT just yeah just invented a story. So ChatGPT is a pathological so, liar. So it cannot be creative, but it can lie. It's almost like it's demonic, really. Or it <laughs> has pseudologica fantastica. Yeah, which is kind of a condition where you believe your own lies. Um, yeah, so maybe ChatGPT should meet up with Eliza um, at the AI shrink. Right. Um, yeah, so no. Yeah, anyway, uh, it's... I think, um... I think Ronan, uh, if, if uh, ChatGPT would evolve uh, over the next 10 years, he would probably use it um, or a, a, a visual, because um, there are video variants too, right? AI video uh, creators. Yeah. Um, I, I saw one with the sound of music featuring <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Yeah. I saw one. Maria. Uh, that was I saw one with uh, Titanic, the, the famous uh, portrait drawing yeah. scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Also Schwarzenegger. As, as, uh, he's Kate a popular Winslet. AI guy. It's probably because he's such a, he's got such a robotic voice. <laughs> but yeah. I think um, if if that would evolve, uh, then Ronan would probably um, ask that uh, AI to regenerate uh, Revenge of the Sith and then make it so that General Grievous is the big champion of the movie <laughs> and doesn't die. Yeah. Probably. Right. That's an idea. Mods, but then for movies yeah. instead of for games. Yeah, I would... I would probably tackle the disney star wars then right away <laughs> yeah there are some things you can't fix with mods you know oh, okay. um, you just need to start over 
<laughs> but um, in but any yeah, case, who knows? Maybe that would be possible. I I I know Tolkien wouldn't like it. AI. Probably. Yeah, he would definitely see it as the work of Sauron. But I think AI is is something that could um I'm, that could help people, um as we discussed, um. Some would call it a crutch. I think that's a little negative. I, I think you know it. It could just be a tool, something, to to help people, um, and and in some aspect of the the creative process. But for us personally, uh, it's it's just not really for us. No, and <clears throat> we should be mindful of the copyright uh, issue. Um, yes, also. Yeah, I think yeah. If if Tolkien would be talking about subcreation, he would say you need a human for that, a human being. World building, creating your own world, it's awesome. Why would you give that fun part to AI? It's it's like you said, art is an activity, not a product. No, um, and and. You know, AI will not be able to write what we love. So it doesn't know what we love. It doesn't understand that. So I, we we were we are not gonna generate prose uh, with with pseudo write or whatever in order to write our stories faster. Uh, it's just not gonna happen. But we will make use of Scrivener again. But th there's just there's no AI involved in Scrivener whatsoever. No, um, not yet, at least. Um, yeah, it will help us to structure our stories. And that might actually help us, um, but yeah, no AI um, for now. That's that's good. No distraction. And as for um, um, you know working with other people, I love working with um, you know people like Peter van Riet, Dane Leonardson, Ivan Dutch for the music. Absolutely. Um, I would not want them to be replaced by uh, AI. No, never. No, I think we creators should stick together. And um, I would want to say to all the other artists out there, uh, whether it's a visual artist or a digital artist or a, a writer, um, we will never stop working with actual composers and illustrators. Um, yeah. So you're definitely not out of business. I'm still dreaming of an actual full-size canvas painting of witch hunter that we can use as a cover as cover <laughs> art as well but that we, we can also just hang in our living room um you know an actual oil painting you know yeah we got a friend who does that we should ask her again yeah yeah uh, we she did she did um the, the, she did the, the art for the card um, when Ronan was born. It was a hobbit hole. And the painting is in, is in the kid's room. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and I, I, just love, I just love that we have that painting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. Yeah, we could, we'd got, we could ask her. But she, she's, um, she's a mom too now, so she's got her yeah. hands full. So, um, yeah. This is where we are when it comes to AI. Yeah, um, we've been wanting to uh, make this podcast for a long time because the AI buzz has been buzzing for a while. Um, yeah, and I predict that it's gonna quiet down eventually. Um, I, 
I, and, and I know um, some people will say, oh, that's not going to age well because, you know, many people out there believe, oh, it's still early days. You have no idea what's going to come next. It's going to change the world and nothing will ever be the same. And yada, yada, yada. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um... But I'm, I'm kind of like, mm, I'm skeptical. But like we said, we were uh, at first we were very negative, and I think we we got a more nuanced idea yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, we I'm listened a, yeah. to some arguments by people, uh, by writers who actually work with it and who think it's uh, it's gonna help them in the writing process. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. We are not going to use it, but I think, but um, well, I don't hate it uh, either. The fact that it's mm. out there. No, I, I can see how it could be a really useful tool for, uh, you know, especially if you have if you have to do everything on your own. Um, but you know, we're in a in the in a great position that you know we have each other, so. That's true, but you know, should one and, of us and and you know uh, we understand each other, and we actually we both have a vision that we're working towards. That's true. I I did numerous um, attempts yeah. to get unstuck uh, with um, a game of bones uh, by asking AI for help and it just didn't work out. And then we got a, a good brainstorm, a long brainstorm, mm-hmm. and that actually helped. So yeah, and and you know remember a good old brainstorm. When when we did that brainstorm, we started immediately involving the existing background lore that we already had for the witch hunter sure, setting. Yeah. So I think you always benefit from working with actual people. Yeah, yeah. So let's do that more. So yeah, let's start. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. If you're still there, if you haven't dozed off. If you've off. dozed off, uh, <laughs> it's time to wake up. You've missed your, you've missed your bus stop by now. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, um, we we did kind of had a change of mind, uh, so to speak. Uh, we we got a more nuanced uh, idea of AI. So uh, we would like to hear your arguments, uh, your idea uh, about using AI for uh, creating stories, for storytelling, mm-hmm. for uh, content creation, uh, whatever you want to use it for as a as an artist. Um, please let us know. Because, you know, we can always learn from you. We can learn from each other and we got to stick together. As a very wise man once said, you can laugh, you can cry, you can express yourself, but please don't hurt each other. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very wise man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, so uh, have a great day, everyone. And um, this is Domin and Irene. Both of us signing off.